Yo, 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 and we back. Hey, guys. Yo. It's been a while. It's been a while, but we're back. We back, we back, we back, we back. Just a little, just a little. Yeah, so you're listening to Make It Make Sense with myself, Phil. And me, Stacey. And the brother, Dada, GDR in the building. Yay. I want new to you. I like that. I like that. I like yeah. That. Like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Double it up. Yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking? We're triple. Yeah. 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 What are you thinking? Should I stop at triple? That sounds like too much. Yeah, I feel I like too much. The double was cool. The double was cool. Yeah. 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 I need to sustain it at the end, though. That's the thing. I need to sustain it. Okay. I'm... Calm. Yeah. So, um, So as you know, we begin every episode to make it make sense with the game where someone sings a song with using only the lyrics, make it make sense. And the others got to guess what the song is. So I'm about to go in with my little thing right now. Make it, make it make sense. Make it, make it make sense. Make it, make it make sense. Make it make sense. I forgot the lyrics for a second there. That was nah, I know the song. I know the song. I'm, I'm, this time, I'm 100% certain. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to delete yourself again. Stacey, do you need it again? Do you know what? I'm pretty sure I don't need it because I'm pretty sure I don't know it. But you definitely know it. I'm sure you know it. David, take it away. You know, from the verse. I, I thought I was getting it, there. Make I... it make sense. Make it, make it, make it make sense. Make it, make it, oh. make it, make it, make it make sense. No, you lost it there, but I thought you... I did, I did. I didn't know how many make it, so make it make sense is to do because I forgot <laughs> the message. But I'm pretty sure you get it. Make it make Still sense. Done. Make it make it make sense. Make it make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make it make sense. Stacy, you're still not. You're not with me. Really? Okay, I got it now. Yeah. It. Okay. Give it to me. Alicia Keys. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if the song is called Some People Want It All, but that's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically, that's that's I basically know. the name of the song. It might as well. I ain't got you. You know why? You know I why? There was discourse on the Twitter sphere saying that Alicia Keys isn't talented. Okay, here's Whoa. my here's, here's my here's my little two sets. Okay, Alicia yeah. Keys is flipping phenomenal. Don't you dare ever ever question that yeah the guy on secrets was spazzing out but so was she play it back you'll see she was spazzing too she is a talented queen yeah maybe she got that far because she's attractive too that does help that does help and it's probably something that the industry needs to look into but she's talented damn it yeah wait in what in what realm is she not talented? is it people Brother? downplay her talent or they're just like nah she's not talented well, some people are outright saying she can't sing and all of this stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, relax with that. But yeah, people were downplaying it, saying that she's only as big as she is because she's, you know, attractive and light skinned and all of that stuff, which, you know, both things can be true. That's so unfair. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like light skinned or anything, but imagine people. <laughs> 
Imagine people just reducing your talent because of the way you look. And fair enough, the looks have an advantage, don't get me wrong, but that's... That's... that's man. It's a tough one, man. But hey, I'd rather the conversation be on who is not getting the spotlight, not on who is, you know? That's like when people are like, one day we're going to talk about how Donald Glover isn't that talented. I'm like, what, what? are you doing here? Don't, don't, Whoa, Childish Gambino? Not Childish Gambino? Not Mr. Redbone himself, which Redbone is a problematic name for a song, I guess. If, if you... Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> but listen, I'm the talent. Dude, it's talent. Gosh, damn it. <laughs> but, bruh, so I think uh, Ola said it on his podcast, um, Boys Core, how mm. it's so easy to just, like, destroy because when it comes to mm. helping people or encouraging people, that would be too close to like building stuff. And obviously it's way easy to, um, to I'm sorry, it's way harder to build stuff than it is to destroy, but we're so good at destroying because of how easy it is. But if we yeah. were to actually say something constructive, that means we're actually taking time to almost help you on your project and stuff like that. And it's like, people don't want to do that. They, they're, mm-hmm. they're just, it's easier to destroy. It's like, bro. did destroy. How can you be, how can you say that with your chest? <laughs> Fam? How can you watch and play two pianos at the same time? Singing everyone else's songs for them. What? Come on, man. Get out of here. Just get... I can't get my intonation. Now, that logic, yeah. And I'm not saying... I think she's married, in it? But you see Susan Boyle. She's the most person in the world. Yeah. Because she doesn't have the looks as an advantage. Yeah. 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 But then again, there's some really weird sites on Reddit. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but you're right. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but I ain't searching for it. <laughs> anyways. Anyways, at least keys isn't the topic of today. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm slow, aren't I? My oh, my internet's slow. Just take this off because this is gay. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Because we're actually recording, and this is crazy that my internet is doing this. We are. However, yes, 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 guys. So today's topic is not Alicia Keys as much as the guys love her. Woohoo! Um, (laughs) love her. Do you know what? I deeply, you you were mad silent during that. You were mad silent. silent. (laughs) (laughs) You were crazy silent. I'm just keeping it. <laughs> I don't not love her. Mm. I, don't I don't not. I just. You know what? Power to the people. Solidarity. Yeah. Like in life, like positivity. We push that out. I think she's talented. I definitely think she's talented. I think she's a yeah. talented individual. Um, and that's 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 as much as I've got to add to it. Is it because yeah. of the home record? No, not even that. You know, I just realized like. Her music doesn't speak to me, but I can appreciate her talent. Like, I, I like her songs, but they're like, catalog. doesn't really get me going, you know, doesn't give me. I know you like Some people music. want it all, but I, know I don't you like want nothing at all. You like oh, no, 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 but see, that's not just, that's just not her. You know what I mean? Like, she got a little bit of Usher. Like, it was a little, <laughs> it was a little bit of Usher in there. Like, that's different, though. Like, ah! 
started. Like, there's a little bit of pressure. But, no, do you know what? She's talented. She does what she has to do in it. Like, I'm not mad. And there's definitely people that she definitely does speak to. Um, I'm not saying not completely speaking to me. I'm just saying, like, in general, like, I love women. And I think women should all succeed and uplift each other and should all just speak positivity into each other's lives. And that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm going to do. But, that's what I'm going to do. No but. My name? No but. <laughs> no <Okay>. but. <laughs> Be different now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right okay. side of the bed today. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Oh, but we be saying, Phil, it looks brighter where you are now. Why were you in darkness before? Because um, sunset j- literally just happened and just couldn't bother to turn oh, that on. Yeah. It happens. Saving electricity. Do you know, when you be living with your wife or whatever, you got to be thinking of these things. Wife or whatever. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you know, in your marital home, okay? Yeah. Bam, love it. So today, guys, I'm so sorry for all the noise that I just brought. However, we're going to be speaking about emotional intelligence. Okay. 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 Sounds good. Sounds good. You. Sounds good. Yeah. How are you guys feeling about how, what does emotional intelligence mean to you guys? What what comes to mind when you hear the word emotional intelligence? I feel when emotion when I think about emotional intelligence, I think about the levels of intellect that are neglected in our upbringing as a society. They're almost just pushed to the side and you're just kind of, you, you just got to figure it out. Because we talk about, um, I mean, not we talk about, we, we, we have a heavy emphasis on academic knowledge and academic intelligence, but in, emotional intelligence isn't really taught. I think it's taught from like a very, very, very young age. Like, um, you know, with kids shows, they kind of teach you about empathy and sharing and, being a good friend and all that stuff. But I feel like after mm-hmm. that point, you're kind of left to just um, fight for yourself. That's what that's what comes to mind when I think about the words like emotional intelligence. Um, but I do think it's a, mm-hmm. it's a very, very important skill for every single area of your life that um, I feel like because of how important it is, it should just be taught more. But hey, um, yeah, I guess that, that's just not yeah, that's good. Yeah. I love that. I love that that's what came to mind when you first thought of emotional intelligence as well. David, what about you? What comes to mind when you think about that word? Two words, Stacey. (laughs) You can think of it as all one word, you know, if you say it really fast and stuff, you know, emotional intelligence, that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, uh, not not as philosophical as brother philosophical, but um, (laughs) yeah, for me, emotional intelligence, I just think about the awareness, you know, when you are someone who is emotionally intelligent that allows you to be more aware in situations than someone else who isn't as emotionally intelligent might be. Um, awareness of self and others at the same time. That's just my little two-piece. How about you, Stacey Stace? I love it, I love it, I love the little two-piece. Um, yeah, when I think about emotional intelligence, I think about, I think about being able to survive with people amicably and being able to accept people in the healthiest way. I think about understanding who you are. I think about understanding the basis of what makes you who you are as well, because I think our personalities are an accumulation of different things that have happened in our lives and the way we react to stuff, the way we feel stuff, the way we receive emotions, the way we give emotions is based off of 
just our life, like everything that's happened in our past and emotional intelligence is understanding that, accepting that, rectifying anything that needs to be rectified, teaching yourself how to be healthy, like in, how to be healthy in like breaking down the understanding of the things that have happened to you in your past and also also includes a lot of awareness I think yeah I think being self-aware is something that you have to make prevalent when you're trying to be emotionally intelligent but yeah so okay guys do you guys think you are very emotionally intelligent I'm putting you on the spot here baby David <laughs> dang you Phil I didn't get to my mute button quick enough uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, do I think I'm very emotionally intelligent? I think I will admit that my experience the past couple years in my journey towards career and the downfalls that I've experienced, they have really negatively affected my emotional intelligence. Um, it, in in such. So- it's weird because there's a bit of a duality to it because in some ways it's like I get, you know, I get knocked and I can endure more, but in other ways it's like, um, it, 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 it's, it's, I think the main thing is rejection. It's hard to be emotionally intelligent when it comes to rejection. And there's a lot of rejection in my field. Emotional intelligence would say, okay, there's a reason for this. There's that, there's that. It's not all you. Whereas my anxious mind will tell me, no, you're terrible. You should quit. You should. And it takes emotional intelligence to step back and really analyze the situation to find out the truth of the situation instead of letting my my negative emotions overflow and make me feel worse about the situation so that's kind of the battle i've been having emotionally the past couple of years and i'm still riding through it i feel like i'm in a place where i know the answer but i still keep getting it wrong and i think that's just being human sometimes how about you phil <laughs> Um, so no, I, I definitely, I definitely hear you. And I think I agree with you, um, in some, in some aspects of that as well. Um, I would say that emotional intelligence is probably one of my greatest skills at the moment. Um, cause I, I guess the type of person I am, I think I would classify myself as a leader in a lot of ways but I feel like my biggest drawback is the fact that there's, there's too many positions where I don't want to have to be the leader. Not that I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to be, have to be the leader, but I've noticed that emotionally intelligent people almost have to be leaders. In my opinion, they have to set the trend and almost trailblaze for people who aren't necessarily on their level in terms of emotional intelligence. Cause I feel like, the majority of situations that we as people will find ourselves in is as in common situations, as in most people go through these situations, that type of thing um, would require a level of emotional intelligence, like an altercation in, um, in public. Someone might have done something that annoyed you like, or for some people might be, Oh, you stepped on my trainers or you cut in front of me in the line. I feel like those are common situations that people would go through just something to that degree um, that would require emotional intelligence. And then sometimes I feel like, you know, 
it will take some people to just be like to almost offer a level of knowledge or um uh yeah level of knowledge to people who aren't as emotionally or or who aren't exhibiting emotional intelligence in that moment because i do feel like for you have some people who know better but don't do better in in those scenarios so like i just remember you know growing up with like the man them something mad happens and you know someone's got to be the voice of reason so the man them used to always call me moral compass and that's why they didn't want to chill with me anymore because they knew that if i was there then they're gonna have to do the right thing and no one wants to do the right thing because i ain't fun so <laughs> that, that guy's so moral, so boring. I didn't your morality. Get out of here with your morality. Nobody are you gonna go tell us to do the right thing? You gonna tell us to do the right thing? <laughs> you gonna make rational choices and decisions? How useless. Oh, so you just go think about other people's feelings and emotions and things they must be going through. <laughs> oh, so you you're just gonna not be impulsive right now. In the possible situation, you're just gonna knock. Oh, so you oh you're not gonna be erratic? Oh, you're not gonna lash out? <laughs> oh, so you're gonna step back and forgive. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, so you gonna offer nuance and perspective on a situation <laughs> that isn't as convoluted. Guys, can we come back to the room? Oh my god, I had more, I had more. Let's stop. I say I like four lined up. All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Um, so all that to say, I, I, I would consider myself um, as an emotional intelligent person because I acquired it as a skill in on my journey to become a leader, if that makes sense. And that whether that be in work, whether I'm directing, whether that be in my family, whether that be um, you know in in future raising a fam, um, raising kids and everything, um, and whether that literally just be in this situation, it requires a leader. So someone step up. So it, like I've been in those situations many, many times where it's not like everyone looks to me to be the leader, but the situation requires a leader. And then sometimes it just, it just involves stepping up. And I feel like emotional intelligence sometimes involves that. It just involves you stepping up and just speaking up um, because offering perspective, I feel like it's a key, it's a key part of emotional intelligence, if that makes sense. Um, mm. But yeah. Mm, Stacey, would you consider that's yourself that's an emotionally intelligent person? Um, I, I think I'm, <laughs> I love people now <laughs> where it was a point in time where I genuinely thought humankind was like the devil's work, but I know it's God's work. Don't worry guys. Wow. I know it was God's work, but I feel like human beings were just sinning and enjoying it. Like, mm. <laughs> but that's what, you know, the flesh is sin. And I was like, okay guys, I have to love you anyway, because you know, it's the Bible. <laughs> So I decided to go on a journey of acquiring emotional intelligence, not intentionally, you know, but like around 2019, um, I was just, I think, yeah, around 2019, I was very down. Like, I just felt like negative towards the world. And I was like, this can't run for too long because it's not helping anyone. And also I know the goals that I want to attain and I need people in my life to attain certain goals. And also I know my purpose in this world is is to literally help people. So that doesn't make sense for me to try to like push them away and think negatively about them. So I was doing some research and like books that I can read to just better myself as a person. And I found this book about emotional intelligence and it's basically called emotional intelligence, why it can matter more than IQ. And I started love the journey it, of reading. You wrote it, you wrote it. Um, Daniel, Gold, Daniel Goldman. Okay, okay. 
I know you guys can't see it. I can't know people like the people um listening can't see it, but I just showed them beautiful the book. book. That's real beautiful book. It's so good. And basically I think I'm not completely emotionally intelligent. However, I'm on a journey of acquiring emotional intelligence in my life and applying it every single day as much as I can. I think when I started reading about it, my mind was blown in like the most amazing way. Because firstly, I love biology. I am I don't know if anyone knows this, but I actually, bio, out of all the sciences that we learned in school, biology was my favorite and was one that I was most good at, I was best at. Um, but I genuinely love biology. I love learning about the brain and they were throwing some amazing words out there. And one thing that I find is, okay, a little bit of TMI. I find big words like used appropriately, like, or like words that sound so different, like Oh my really God, does that turn you on? I struggle. Not like, turn <laughs> Why did you like, pick it yet? Like, did you have to pick it yet? Oh, not like... It's just like... Gang it. I'm a brother. If that's your thing, that's your thing. I'm not even here to shame you, bro. Get me. That's a good character. I can't remember that. No, it's just like... The next time you're that you find interesting in that, yeah? And if I know them, I'm going to tell them the longest words I know, bro. I got a couple doobies, you get me? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, obvious. Such a big word. <laughs> it's like four or five letters. Oh my days. <laughs> Don't be sick. Don't be sick. But no, like, no, no, okay, it doesn't have to be like even too big. Like, um, like a word that really got me when I was reading was like amygdala. Like, I was like, oh, I just Ooh, love the way it sounds. Thing. You Ooh, know what I mean? Like, hold on, say that again. East African word. I know I, I recognize the word, but it sounds East African when you when I think about it. <laughs> like if you, if you for the amygdala, you'd be like, oh yeah, you're from like Ethiopia or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's not>. <laughs> <laughs> just me? No, fair enough. Yeah, that's just me. Amygdala. No, I hear it. I hear it. I'm I'm, I'm just trying to hear it in the voice. Amygdala, come on, what's the place? You know, you got to contextualize it, you know? Yes, it's, um... <laughs> but no, I'm so sorry I said this time. But yeah, as I was reading the book, basically, it helps you dissect your life. And I think that's one thing that's really important whilst you start emotional intelligence. It's basically looking at the basics and the basis of who you are and why you are the way you are. And then they started to have you be self-reflective and I tell you right now I am faulty to the T and it's like as much as I hated human beings I was like who am I to hate people who are who they are because of like things that have been out of their control to a certain extent like we are who we are due to our surroundings and a lot of things especially the environment that we're raised in have been out of our control when we we're younger. And a lot of the time that's what makes us who we are now. That's the fundamentals of who we are. So it's like, how am I going to hate you when there's a lot of things that you probably don't know that you do wrong, that you probably think is just normal and it's pissing me off because I am who I am and my past has made me hate what you do. But it's just like, and it, it just gets into like this warped little circle. And I'm just like, you know what, Stacey? It's hard to hate. It's easy. No, actually, it's easy to hate but it's hard to love and it's hard to understand and it's hard to like, like get like, yeah, to, to love people for who they are because there's so much that comes with 
that love, there's understanding, there's compassion, there's empathy, there's all of those things that you and Phil mentioned when you were describing emotional intelligence as well. And whilst I was on that journey, whilst I am, I'm still on the journey. So like being on that journey, it's helped me kind of be more accepting of people and just also kind of helped me walk more in my purpose as well, which I think is really amazing. I think learning more about emotional intelligence helps you get along with people. It helps you communicate effectively. I think it in your adult life, it's I think it's low-key more important than IQ to a degree. I think in your adult life, it can take you so far in this life. Um, there's, do you know, sometimes when I'm reading it, I'm like, if you were to be someone that's like a bit, you know, tapped in the head, you can use all of these things to manipulate people. Like once you're aware of how emotions work in other people, you can use that to your advantage and you can use it to manipulate people, but that's not what we're about. But no, just like it can really help you in life, emotional intelligence. And it has helped me in life as well, especially in regards to like, like I said, my purpose, and that's got a lot to do with the work that I do as well. So communicating with clients and like even accepting rejection. Sorry, David, you mentioned that before. Learn, yes, Phil. Sorry, I just wanted to confess or make it make sense because I haven't done oh. it yet. I actually used to do that, you know. I used to what? manipulate people. I used to be, because I, I learned about emotional intelligence a time ago and I developed yeah. mine really early and I started to use it to my advantage. So I used mm. to manipulate people. How so? Yeah. Speak more than that. I, I think like I've that. changed, but I'm just saying, I, I used to do it. I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like what you're saying is amazing because, um, yeah, people need to realize that when you have emotional intelligence, that is powerful. It's a powerful tool that should be used for good and it should never be used for bad. Um, but yeah. How did you use it for bad, Phil? I'm so I, sorry. I but I won't. about specifics, but... I, <laughs> No names. <laughs> no names. Yeah, yeah. Phil is um, saved and sanctified on this podcast, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I used to use it when talking to women and everything. Um, of course you did. So basically, I studied my emotional... I studied emotional intelligence and I also studied women and, and psychology and body language all while not doing my uni work. So... Yeah, basically, I got a degree in that, but it didn't count. You get me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all of that, um, just so I can never be lacking in an area. Basically, mm-hmm. I always wanted to always wanted to have the upper hand. Basically, I never wanted to be in an area and be blindsided about anything. So it was uh, is what I I would call um, a god complex. So I had a god complex. I wanted to be in control of everything. So um, I used emotional intelligence as a tool to manipulate people, basically. And what changed? People, some people do it all the time without knowing. I feel like what made mm-hmm. it worse for me is the fact that I knew I was doing it. That makes sense. Yeah. That's that's a good point to make as well. Like, I think a lot of people, it's weird. I speak to certain people and I'm like, it's emotionally manipulative, but go on, do what you're doing. Do what you're doing. <laughs> and sometimes I just, like, I can, I can see someone's being emotionally manipulative, but it's genuinely who they are and they don't see it. But it's, it's interesting to understand that this is the word for what you're doing and sit back and let it run. Because also, I don't necessarily think it's up to me to point out these things just because I see them. Like, I have to find an appropriate time and a good way to say it to someone if I feel like it is, like, damaging to other people as well. Because I don't think if they do it... intelligence right there, yeah. Yeah, that's emotional intelligence. Um, Yeah, all of that. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, it is now. It is. But, But I wanted to ask you as well, like, 
what changed for you? What made you want to use it for good or just I found Christ? I found God. Amen. Amen. I think. I think what it really was is, I don't know, I think I was just becoming a better person, but I feel like that kind of paralleled with me really, because I, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was like 16 and that. Um, um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it was, I, I wouldn't say it necessarily was me finding Christ, but I feel like Christ just began to do works in me a lot more, if that makes sense. And I became yeah. more open to that happening. And that all kind of, that all was kind of a blur with all of that and like meeting Darren and all that stuff. It kind of all just kind of fell into one, one jumble. Like it could probably be a movie, but yeah, I, I think I just became a better person because God started to work in me. Well, I think God was always working on me, but I feel like God started to work in me for other people. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. So guys, I wanted to ask as well, how have you implemented emotional intelligence in your life? I know, Phil, you mentioned how, like, he sees it to manipulate people. <laughs> but, <laughs> David, ago, if I could... Years ago, it was years ago, I'm a changed man, okay? Right. <laughs> I should say that. I should definitely add that. But, um, yeah, David, I wanted to know about you. Have you used it to, like, affect your life? How have I used it to affect my life? I think it's something that really helps me with my friendships, um, I oh, tell me more. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm coming. Uh, nah, it's, it's just, um, I, I'm a who, how do I, how do I, how do I put this? I, I'm a strange person sometimes. My, um, interaction with even those I live with, um, sometimes when I get however I get is really limited. Um, and I kind of, I have this bad habit of like, just kind of distancing myself, isolating myself, you know, that kind of nonsense there. And then when I'm in those moments, I'm like, oh, no one, no one likes me. I'm alone. Um, (laughs) and it's really just having to remind myself, no, you put yourself here. They didn't. Uh, they're cool. You can actually, you can actually hold them at any point, my friend. Um, so there's that. And then it's just, um, you know, an extension of that is sometimes, um, friendships genuinely do interact less. You do get further apart from people. And I think I just had to get to a place where I was, I'm okay with distance um, from people, like I'm scarily okay with distance with people, which you know, some sometimes it gets bad, as I said, but most of the time is actually cool. Like I know that there's there's, or oh, I've seen people out there that are like, oh, if this person doesn't do this or calling me at this time and that, then they're fake friends, stinks in the garden. Childish. But Childish. <laughs> but I, I'm in a place I'm like, no, like. Everyone has their own individual life. Things are happening. Do you know what I mean? So if someone's late to a function or if someone doesn't message me for my birthday, I I know that it's not it's not time to burn a bridge. It's not time to cut everything off. It's not time like I know that life is is a very three-dimensional sphere, right? And 
and and there's there's always a lot going on but ultimately um what anchors people is is love and i think that I'm in a place where I know that no matter what happens, that love never leaves. You know, I have friends mm. in different countries, friends in different parts of the UK, friends that I haven't spoken to in months. But whenever I see them, it's love and it's just straight back like that like we never left. And I think that's something that really helps me because, I, I, you know, as I said, I do sometimes get anxious and isolate myself. But ultimately, I know that I'm anchored by love and I'm able to remind myself of that and kind of keep keep connections without trying to burn a bridge every two days. How about you, Phil? <laughs> so the question is how I've how have I implemented it into my life? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess you know, like being being a director, I feel like emotional intelligence is, is extremely key. Um, also, you're not going to say I'm mad, but also. Some of the skills I used to use for me. You're mad. Sorry. I I use it in directing as well. I need an actor to get what I need them to get. So yeah. it, sounds, it sounds terrible on paper, but nah, you ain't no Stanley Kubrick. It's the job. It's the oh job. It's God. actually the job. It sounds no, terrible, but yeah. Um it's so I've implemented it in that sense. But you know, in other areas, um, you know, I feel like it's helped me thrive in relationships um with people. Um, um, like if I think it's helped me thrive um, in my relationship with my wife before we got married but like it's I think it's just one of the ones that when you start to know better and you start to see realize the significance of knowing better you start to do better in all areas and I feel like you just start to thrive with people um, and I feel like yeah your relationship just thrive in, in, in general really and I feel like um, also feel like there, there's almost like less people can say about you in terms of uh, this nigga ain't shit type thing. Like, uh, there's just, there's people can't, like, what you can't really say much about the person who's emotionally intelligent and uses it in the right way, in my opinion. But it's not like I'm out here trying to live my life so that people can say less. But it's just, you know, I found that as an example that there's less to say about someone when they're emotionally intelligent. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's just allowed me to thrive in relationships mm-hmm. with people in general. And that can obviously blossom into different things. Like, for example, getting married or new opportunities um, to work with new people, getting recommendations to work with people, people just wanting to pass you on. I feel like when you're most intelligent, you're not automatically nice, but you understand the value of being nice. And you, I feel like you'd almost want to be nice to, to people. So I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like the, the almost the dividends of that is just, um, it's almost self-explanatory sometimes just, yeah, I feel like when you know better, you, sh- you should do better. And I feel like you're going to want to do better the more you know better. But yeah. Mm, what about you, Stacey? I was going to actually ask, before I, I start mine, I was going to ask, like you mentioned, that people say less about you. In, is that is that what was said? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I think what's really interesting about that, what I found about being emotionally intelligent is you genuinely don't care. Like you can say anything you want to say about me. Like, I genuinely do not care. Yeah. I'm doing the work on myself and being self-reflective and being aware of that. I understand who I am and I'm more confident in who I am and I'm more authentic as who I am. So if you say something that is firstly not true about me, it doesn't affect me. If you say something that is true and I want to take on board, I can take it on in a positive way and I can be like, you know what, fair enough, I respect that. And also 
like I I don't hear I don't hear the noise that I don't need to hear. Like I generally don't hear noise that I don't need to hear. And I'm so authentic in accepting people that it's like I want to be authentic myself and I accept you as who you are. So if this is who you are, I can walk away from who you are. If you're showing me who you are, I can walk away from that. If I want to be closer, it just it just frees you. I think the the acquirement of emotional intelligence in my life and the intentionality of doing that is it sets me free and I have so much freedom in interacting with people as well. It's hard sometimes. Like I'm I'm I must have just like touched on it, like what David said about rejection, because as much as you're still like be, trying to be a better person and trying to accept like all of these things that's happened in the world as what it is and knowing that it's not got to do with you, it also is so painful when things feel like it's got to do with you when you love it so much or you put your whole heart into stuff. It's like so painful I can be so emotionally intelligent and I can but just because I'm emotionally intelligent don't mean I'm not gonna cry if you say no to me just because it don't mean that I didn't want what I what I wanted it don't mean that I'm not going to let it out I can I can be you know what I mean like I can be like yeah you know it's not meant for me but I'm like god why was it not meant for me like that's the question and I did the right thing like I did what I was supposed to do like I gave like I did the assignment I gave but you know what when it comes down to it and after you cry because I think that's one thing that's really important as well you've got to let your emotions out bro like What are you doing holding it in? I was going to say, like, would you, would you say this is accurate in that when you're emotionally intelligent, you cry, but you cry differently. It's not the same type of cry. Yeah. You understand the value of crying. It's not just reacting. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. (laughs) Like I don't cry often, but when I cry, it's a build up to it. And it's weird because I talk to myself a lot. So before I'm about to cry, I'm like, I'm about to cry. I'm like, don't cry there. No, not now. Not now. Like, I can hold it in. I can be like, not now. This isn't the space for it. This isn't the right place for it. Cool, 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 cool. And then I'll go to my room and I'll lock the door and I'll be like, let it out. I literally have to talk to myself and I'm like, I can feel it. Like, and the thing is, I try to stop it. And then I'm like, I can still feel it there. Like, so sometimes I'll try and stop it. But when I try and stop it and I still feel it there, I'm like, let it out, let it out, let it out. I'm going to be very, um, um, I was called vulnerable right now and say, uh, what happened on Monday? I did a good crying session. I was just so upset with like life and I was just so down and so many different aspects of my life. Just, it was not like nothing's going right per se, but just everything just feels like poo sometimes. Like I just felt like poo and everything felt like poo and everything in my life was like poo. And then I was like, Okay, I was outside a lot. I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. I came to my room, I closed the door and I was like, I started to cry. And I was like, there's still something inside of me that wants to cry more. And then I started to listen to sad songs because for some reason that pushed me to cry more. And I was like, this is what you need. You need that release. And as I was crying, I'm talking to myself whilst I'm crying as well. I'm like, but you know, Stacey, you don't need to, you know, it's not true. So why are you doing it? And I'm like, because I need, and I just keep talking to myself and having interactions with myself. But there's such a freedom in like 
the process of getting to that release as well. It's like, after I've done it too, I knew my body needed it. And like, I don't feel negative after, I don't feel guilty, I don't feel weak. I understand my body more, I understand who I am more. So I understand when I make these releases or when these things come out of my body, I understand the purpose of them for the bigger picture and for the next day and understand that this is for today tomorrow will be different even if tomorrow is not different let tomorrow be what it is like live in the moment be present let what needs to come out come out and then you can handle everything afterwards but i feel like the more emotionally intelligent you are the more you also understand when to express certain emotions and also like you said the cry like crying is different because the process that I, I get to it is different like even when you're having a discussion with someone and let's say they say something to annoy you like I'm like what's the point like sometimes I'll be like there's no I'm just like let them talk I'm like okay like talk where you have to talk like I don't have to always speak to be able to feel like valued or to feel like I'm I matter in a conversation. I'm learning that. I'm learning that if some, there's so many things that I've learned and I continue to learn as I continue this journey of emotional intelligence. But in terms of like work-wise and being an actor, so important. Actors, I'm telling you, read this book because I swear it's like, what's that thing? You know, like when you're building a character, this, the emotional intelligence books re really help you like figure out the background of certain characters. Like, because the scripts will give you a basis or like a, not a, a 2D image of the character. And if you do emotional intelligence work or if you just invest in humanity, should I say, it helps you have like a bigger, what's the word I'm looking for? Dictionary to go back to? When you go back to something and you can like go and take information from a bank a resource bank a bigger resource bank to, to like gain information from like when you just understand humans as an actor it's like helps me figure out like this is oh this character maybe did this because of that and this maybe happened because of that and this maybe happened because of that and also the interactions that you have with different people on set as well I think is really important as an actor too so I think being more emotional intelligent people have their own process in it and I think sometimes someone's process can feel like it can affect you but if I'm in this place where I understand that that's their process and my process should be separate. I can remove myself from that, not feeling guilty and not having to people please as much. I think on this journey, I'm kind of learning not to people please as much because I don't need to do too much to please people. I am authentic and I'm good enough as I am. So I don't need to try to appease you, like to, to make you like me. If you don't like me, that's fine because I can't keep it up for too long. I'll get tired and soon enough, whatever, whatever like facade that I've created will start to break down. And then what do I do then? So I'd rather you deal with me authentically as I am now. Love me, hate me. That's your choice. But also I do want people to like me in a weird way still. Like I do want to be liked. I don't want people to hate me. So in knowing that as well, it helps me just like, be my best self at every opportunity so that's how like emotional intelligence has affected me in my affected me sorry in my life and it will continue to affect me in like the when acting you, when you when you're when you're speaking about um you know take me as i am are you uh, i'm guessing you're specifically talking about like as opposed to changing myself to benefit from a situation right yeah okay yeah yeah i hear you right yeah 
Yeah, because a lot of the time, to be fair, oh my gosh, I do this. I used to do this all the time in jobs, interview for jobs, all of the time. Because a lot of the time, I'm not going to lie, that's still what it's about. You kind of have to just fake it till, you know, you get the job and then it's like, I don't really want to be here anymore because I'm here for the money. That's the worst bit. It's like, you know the person sitting across the table from you knows what it feels like to be in this position. Why are we going back to like, I'm not here for money? Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I really care like, about the industry and you know, I'm really interested. Bro, I'm trying to get paid right quick. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. Because they're so fake as well. They act like, because my thing as well, when now interviews are, are going a bit differently for me when I've been going on a couple of job interviews, they're like, oh, tell me, like, how dare you ask me why am I applying for the job? I feel, you feel like I'm overqualified. And I'm like, yeah, well, I know that. And I'm glad you know that. But then that means I can do the job then. Mm. No? It's because it's because they I'm think not- that you'll leave. They'll think you, you'll leave early and then they have to do the whole application process again. Which I definitely understand. And I get that process. But also I'm like, as soon as someone says that, I'm like, right. I literally, I'm like, okay. Okay. And then they're like, sell me as to why you want to really stay. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm a good. The whole process is so tedious and so long. Like job interviews are so long. But, you know, I'm starting to understand also that like in this life, I'm just going to accept things for what they are. Like, and in doing that, I've come to just like understand so much about being rejected and like, feeling oh my gosh in every aspect of my life you know it's so weird I'm gonna do a little bit of like vulnerability space here as well when it comes to guys like I, I put myself out there to a degree but I don't really put myself out there because also like do I care I'm, I'm trying to care a bit more right now I'm trying to give a little bit to, to guys. give a little bit but I genuinely do not care um but like when it comes to guys, that's that's where I feel like my emotional intelligence have come to, has come to play like in a very difficult way. Like I, I fight myself on it so much. I'm like, but they do. Um, but I mean, I love you guys. I think you guys are great. But also, I just accept that you know, like human beings are who they are. And I'm not talking about you when I talk about guys. But I'm just talking about like in terms of romantic relationships. I think emotional intelligence is so important so important because these people will actually affect you the most without you knowing it because it's like when i kind of want you to like if i like you that's if i do like you i want you to like me back yeah and because of that i'm in a state of vulnerability a hundred percent of the time well not a hundred percent of the time but like 98 percent of the time i'm trying to please you so i'm mostly vulnerable and it's like anything you say I take in because I want you to like me and because I want you yeah to like who I like I take it in so that can affect me really easily and I think on this journey of like speaking to guys or like being in a relationship or all of those things like I'm I'm very laid back and I didn't realize how dismissive it can be as well I'm very much like do what you want to do like I'm, I'm gonna continue doing me like irregardless like if you if you say anything that I don't like I generally don't have to stay so I can leave and I'm okay with that I hope you know that you're okay to leave at any moment in time but also I recognize that like being so laid back can be a problem as well because then no one wants to feel like you don't care if they leave your life yeah because I feel like it's, it's almost it's, it's a it's a gift and a curse sometimes because you almost set up this 
this rule, it's almost like an emotional rule for yourself that you're never really going to try to fight for anything, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And people yeah. feel like you're fighting for them sometimes. So, and I think Stacy just disappeared. So, um, David. Stacy, <laughs> no. I think Stacy just disappeared. Um, maybe her battery died. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, people want to feel like you're fighting for them. Um, it's just one of those, one of those things. I feel like you, you definitely see that in relationships. Um, and yeah, David, would you agree if you're still here? I am also still here. Things uh, things are going. Oh, uh, sorry. Give me the question one more time. Run it back. Boom. Yeah. So, um, you know, Stacey was talking about, um, <clears throat> yeah, I was saying that, you know, people want to feel like you're fighting for them. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. Like, with emotional intelligence, you almost, you accept people the way they are and you, know, you, <laughs> try, to, you try to be okay with what is and don't really rebel against what um, what is and try to fight for what isn't. Um, but in doing that, Sometimes you don't fight for, you know, relationships with people. You just let them die. And that's a bad thing, mm -hmm. you know, because in relationships, romantic ones, people want to feel like you're fighting for them. Yeah, no, for sure, man. It's, this is why, like, you can speak emotional intelligence, but it's a hard thing, man, because it's many things at once. It's like so, allowing people to just do their but it's also wanting better for people at the same time, right? And it's how yeah. do you balance that? How do you know when to call it? How do you know when to fight? It's, it's tough. Like, I, I find I find myself in in moments where I'm like, hmm. nah, don't speak up here. Like, yeah. I'm like, because oh. it's especially social moments, you know, like with with several people. Like, maybe something's happening, and it's like I can I can lend. Not necessarily that I, I I'm I've got the dog's bollocks when it comes to opinions or anything, but I can lend. <laughs> I, I can lend or offer a perspective that may not have been considered, and it's like yeah. sometimes I want to just do that, but then. I don't know. I feel like sometimes I, you almost, okay, it's not really a shade on people. I'm not trying to say I'm better, but you almost mm. start to realize that, you know, sometimes people just, they like this. It's not that they, yeah. they like, I don't think they'll ever overtly say I like conflict, but they almost mm. like that. It's like they feel alive. You know, like when people like do stuff for adrenaline rushes and that. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Their relationships are too calm, so they will do a madness, like send a weird text or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people genuinely like this, which you means emotional intelligence is useless. <laughs> so episodes useless to people like you. So enjoy yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, but dude, like I, I've 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 met some people, um, mm. and I, I I won't say who, obviously, for the sake of anonymity, but yeah, anonymity, but. A lot of the perspectives that she, I, I hear her offer are um, a lot of the perspectives I hear her offer are based on some sort of like fight against some sort of like system. Like, why is it that men do this? I'm gonna do this. Why is it that society is saying you can't do this? I'm gonna do this. Why is it that society is saying at this age you must do this? I'm gonna do this. And it's like, yeah, I think at some point you just you you want something to rebel against which means uh, there's no point in me offering perspective sometimes because it's like this is almost what you base your identity on so it's like if you if you now offer perspective or emotional intelligence on one thing you might have a whole conversation about so much like literally, literally <laughs> said is so broad like mm -hmm. but yeah stacy's back i don't know what happened to stacy but my are you okay 
I'm okay. I'm okay. But I love it. Do you know what? This makes me want to listen back to our conversations more because I always want to know um, what I missed out on. I want to just, I'm like, damn it, my phone died. At least I can listen to it. And it can be brand new when I listen to it as well. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you guys, um, in terms of emotional intelligence, do you think a lack of emotional intelligence sells in terms of entertainment? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's trash TV right there. That's bam. Let me not name names. So I'll just name names. You have to do that here. You have to do that here. Let me real. Um, blue therapy. Okay. The name is real. Thinking. It, it's not real, obviously. It's all contrived in that. You can, you can tell. Mm-hmm. But it's entertaining. Let's, mm-hmm. let's not front. That That is entertaining. Like, there's also um, this, this thing I started watching on YouTube called um, uh, Family Court where people, they basically get people to, um, I, I want this person to pay child support, basically, and they state their case. And I remember watching it, I was so entertained by it. I found out it's fake, and I'm like, no, nah, I, I, I still, <laughs> I started watching watch it with Darren, and then I was like, oh, ready for me to like ruin your world? And she goes, oh, what? And I said, it's all fake. And she goes, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's calm. Like, yeah, we, there's no story if there's no conflict. And emotional intelligence yeah. often dissolves conflict. So, yeah, that's yeah. so true. That's so true. That's a great way to put it as well. Because I literally find a lot of the times I'm watching stuff and I'm like, why are you hiding the secret when you can just be honest? I'm like, why are you slow as a character? You should know these things by now. And I get so frustrated watching things. But I'm also like, this is all part of the journey, Stacey. Like, this is entertainment. This is what people love to watch. And I love to watch it too. God knows I was stuck in Bad Girls Club for majority of uni. I was stuck watching that nonsense. And I promise you, it affects you mentally. When you watch people being dumb, yeah, it really does affect you. Because, like... You, I don't know why it energized me to want to fight, but that's something <laughs> that's, that's a different conversation because I wanted to fight, I was ready to fight any and everyone, and then it's like, no, like let it go. But no, I definitely do think, I definitely do think, yeah, it sells as well. And I like the way you put that together, Phil. But David, I was going to ask you as well, how do you implement it in like the scripts you write? Phil, I want to know your answer to actually, please. Implementing my the scripts, all right. Yeah, I think well, um, we had this conversation. <laughs> did, yeah, <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah, it's actually something that we're working on both as a as a duo and creatives. We're working on basically making more flawed characters because, mm-hmm. as we say, conflict creates the story or drives the story forward. Like the person wants something, he has to have or she, they have to have obstacles, right? And those obstacles come externally, but internally, it's going to be a lot of that lack of emotional intelligence in, in certain areas. And it's, you know, you expand the story by linking it to something in their past and, you know, trying to explain how they overcome it through the story. It's, it's very key to creating uh, layered and dynamic characters. And um, it's something that, you know, if you're a good storyteller, you do by default anyway. But um, the the better you become as a storyteller, the more intentional you are in trying to implement it. And I, I was talking to my brother, my little brother Solomon, my fellow writer in the house. Um, and he was like asking me like, oh, what makes dynamic characters? And she, my, my answer to him was like, it's usually someone who wants something 
but their obstacle is their flaw. So what they lack is in direct conflict with what they want. And that makes for an interesting character because they have to overcome themselves. And for whatever reason, maybe it's because deep down us humans know that emotional intelligence is so key. Those are the stories we love to watch. We love to watch people overcome themselves to get what they want a lot of the time. So that's kind of the bag that we are. We are falling now with some projects on the way, right, Phil? Right, Phil? Yeah, I, I, no, absolutely. I just want to. I just want to piggyback off of what you were just saying. Um, piggyback. You know, I, you know, I, I find that with some of the greatest characters, um, that, mm. that, that's the case. You know, you, t- you talk about Jess from New Girl or Michael Scott from, from The Office. You know, they have whole yeah, season and whole episode story <laughs> arcs based on them trying to achieve a goal, right? But their mm. biggest obstacle tends to be themselves. I don't know. I just think that was amazing. Yeah. You just put that there. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's as we go on this journey as, as, as writers, you know, that we, 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 we develop this skill because what I realized is... Wait, man. Which is going to sound good. But what I realized is that David and I are too Christian for our own good. Yeah, we are very Christian. <laughs> Bro, if, if we're writing yeah. really good moral characters of writing very, really, like when I say good, I mean morally good. Um, mm. Yeah, we, we they're, they're boring. <laughs> they, we they don't want them are. to sin. They just are. Do you know what I mean? So we know no sin. <laughs> when I told David about this, he just made a character have a one night stand. I was like, damn, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you need some flaws? And it's worse because he's cheating. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, it, it actually ended up really helping the story. So at first I thought it was quite flippant, but no, nah, it actually mm. really ended up helping the story. But I feel like, yeah, um, it's unfortunate, but you become better characters um, where, so you have better characters when they're, when, they're, when they're flawed in that way. And I feel like our emotional intelligence plays into that because we're able to make people make decisions um, and have consequences but they're very thought out. Then they don't. They don't just happen by chance. They they're almost created by the characters' downfall. Like you talk mm-hmm. about um, someone like Othello, classic tragic hero. His oh, biggest himself. Do you know? Oh, come on, man. All right. If it's done, when it's done, <laughs> it's done quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah. What you? What you know, fam. All right. But yeah, you talk about someone like Othello. He's a classic tra- tragic hero, and I feel like. You, you, you probably find that a lot in a lot of, especially comedies, because, you know, com- conflict breeds comedy. Um, mm-hmm. You find the main character or, or the comedic lead or something, they're usually the part of their own joke, the, the architect of their own downfall, and that stems from someone lacking in emotional intelligence, but it also is created by a writer or, or a creator who has emotional intelligence. Unless you're mm-hmm. literally writing your life story and then, then it's just kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, I hope we oh answered your question, Stacey. You did so well. I love it. I'm just like taking this all in because I do think it's very important to write flawed characters. Because, yeah, as much as like we speak about being emotionally intelligent now, we've definitely been flawed in the past. And God knows, just because you're emotionally intelligent does not mean you're not flawed as well. So I think I love the fact that you guys try hard to write flawed characters because that can speak to a lot more people. But also I was gonna say like, I feel like 
in the in the journey of writing characters that are flawed i've enjoyed so much having conversations with people in general like when it comes to writing certain characters for me i'm so in love with the conversation that gets me to this character because i'll be sitting here and i'm like no this is too sensible like i literally found myself talking to myself i'm like this is too sensible like then the story be done in like two pages right mm-hmm. it'll be done and then so i have i start having conversations with people i'm like so what would you do and i'm like oh it's, it doesn't sound right to me but also i'm like i understand why you would go to that place in this situation and then things just get more juicy like there was a situation um a story that i was just asking people about um and i was speaking about um if you wanted to okay so let's say when it comes to i have two scenarios when it comes to sleeping with someone when you first meet them because i think there's this like stigma that goes around that women shouldn't sleep with men like when you first go on a date with them because then it makes you kind of like a hoe but also sets a precedence of what the relationship is built on men don't think this way so having the conversation with like guys very interesting having the conversation with girls very interesting and then looking back at my own response very interesting and i'm like to save each other drama i i I don't think you should sleep with them on the first date just because it's a lot of entanglement with someone that i don't know and i don't because i don't know what could possibly come out of it like at the end of the date or the relationship if there's going to be a relationship i just don't want to get entangled with someone like that so that's my that's my stance on it but other people's stance is so different and i don't have to agree but also i do respect it because some, like like I said, when I speak to guys and they're like, no, it doesn't matter. We know if we want you straight away. And I'm like, but then if you know you don't want her, why would you sleep with her then? Because you know that could be her. And I just stand there so frustrated. And I'm like... Because you don't want her want sex. And that's the thing. But you know that there's a potential that she could want more than that. But you know you're going to leave her after this or you're not going to stay with her for the right reasons that she wants to be with you for. But instead of having that conversation, you don't want to have that conversation while the sleep with her. it was a simple and- transaction. I just wanted sex. I think I, I'm speaking for guys right here, but by the way, I'm just saying I'm speaking for guys. I'm not like this ain't me. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I want to make that clear. I will not be speaking for guys. Phil, you go on head. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I thought it was a simple transaction. Like, yeah, it's it's quite transactionary. They they don't want her. They just want it like that. You don't see it like that. Like she's thinking, if I give you this, it would make you want to have like come back to me so we can build on something. But you already decided you're not really trying to build too tough on me. But I'm trying to use this as like something to like reel you in, which is very stupid on her part as well. And I'm like, we're both being dumb and manipulative here, but in a dumb, stupid way that's gonna hurt. Yeah, they're both manipulating each other. They're both manipulating each other. Which is so stupid. And I'm like, have the conversation and save each other the drama because you might get the physical rewards, but the long-term headache of it could possibly not be worth it. And I think the conversation, like the whole thing can be cut down real short if we just sat down and talking like, do you see, do you like me? Would you like to go? But you know what? It's not needed because that's not fun. Like I said, it doesn't get my emotions riled up. Like if a guy is like, I just like her, but I'm not going to tell her that I don't like her for her. So I just want to, I'm just, it doesn't get the emotions out of me. So I understand why these characters are needed because to be fair, that's humanity. Like that's human beings. In the words of Kelly Kapoor from Dunder Mifflin in the office, when she's speaking about Daryl, she goes, Daryl Philbin is the most confusing person 
in the world. He says exactly what he's thinking. What kind of game is that? <laughs> that was beautiful. It was a beautiful. That was beautiful. I tried, but I. I tried, I tried, I tried. I everything, just sensational. I'm so proud. What kind of game is that? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, some people like to play in the mud. Some people like to play in the mud. And what? yeah, here's what it is. Here's what it is. It is what it is. I'm learning. I'm learning. And I'm learning to literally like utilize that in the people, like in life as well. I'm learning to listen more instead of trying to give the right. And I think that's what's got me not wanting to give right answers as well. I'm not going to point out your flaw to you because I'm just going to just enjoy like joy enjoy you as you are until you're ready isn't there anyone that you would do that with um but that when it when it starts to be like negative to other people and to your own self-growth but if like if you're doing something that i'm like this doesn't feel completely right but also i know that my answer is not the only answer to get you to the desired result that you want to get to so sometimes i'm like if i if i'm not asked for my advice i will not give it so is um damage that is potentially damaging. If they're old, then I'm not backing that. I will tell you straight away. Mm-mm, I'm not going to co-sign that. You're gonna, you're not gonna. As, yeah, if, if your desired result was to like damage your, other people or yourself, I'll just be like, I don't. Yeah, I'd definitely speak up then. But if the desired result is like something positive, however, the way you're going about it doesn't seem right to me. I'll be like, okay, let me see how it, let's, let's see how it plays out. And if you ask me for advice or if I feel like I need to step in, I would ask you if it's okay if I say this before I speak. Cause I know as well, like sometimes no one wants to hear what I have to say. It's not everyone that wants to hear what I have to say. So, and you're not ready to hear it sometimes too. So I'll definitely ask before I speak, but yeah, I'm just enjoying people for who they are. Cause God knows people might, must listen to me and they're like, mm. the other day, a friend of mine was like, I'm a bit psychotic. And I was like, what? How did we get here? It was such a fun conversation. I was like, say more. I'm listening, I'm listening. And then she was breaking it down to me. And I was like, what is so interesting is that people see my process and what I consider emotional intelligence as psychotic. And I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. Because also I'm getting like a reflection of what I look like in other people's eyes. Not necessarily saying that that's correct, but it was good to get that feedback. And also understanding how to process feedback has been something that I, I love feedback in general. Like I love getting feedback, but then processing it. Oh, I love it so much. And then process, I was like, okay, so it can come off this way because I can be so... <laughs> clear and so like cut throat in certain situations it can come off as like a bit mean and I'm like okay I hear that I can come off as this type of way and making this I said I hear that and I respect that but I think yeah just understanding to accept people like as they are amazing amazing one of the greatest things that I've learned oh I'm also just gonna add that I was reading in the book I was reading they were talking about like child molesters sorry like just a warning this is really triggering but we're talking about like child molesters and like abusive people and psychopaths and sociopaths and all of these things and like that it was weird because those those types of people normally like get me so angry like we could start a conversation and i'll just straight away i'm at my angry place like straight away i've entered 
I've entered the angry place. I've entered upset. I've entered mad. Reading it, I was like, <sighs> they broke certain things down. And I'm like, I could never justify it. Would never. Not even putting that out there into the world at all. But breaking things down, I didn't go to angry. I went to like hurt. And I went to like sad about humanity and the sad about how people are affected by other people's actions and how that makes like a ricochet effect in the world. And I was just like, we need to do better as human beings. Like just in general, we all need to come together as a community and do better because no one can like build themselves. Like no one can fix themselves by themselves. You're going to need help from other people. And those other people need to be better as well to help you like in general, we all need to be that that person that can like change someone's life for the better and not necessarily like do something drastic in their life, but just be that positive light in someone's life when we can be. But yeah, those are the things yeah. that I've learned. That's the thing. Um, it's almost like that transaction of emotion from people to people or actions from people to people by default, isn't a bad thing. I feel like we do that often, especially with the way we love people, you know, we, we all know about love languages, but even if we look at something simple as, um, you know, when man them see each other, like, hey, I'm trying to be like you, bro, or like they compliment each other and stuff like that. It's like, you don't know whether I want compliments, but you're complimenting because that's where you want to be complimented, you know what I mean? And that same transaction happens when it comes to hurting people, when it comes to, Unfortunately, um, people getting molested or having um, sexual traumas or those type of traumas, like childhood traumas and stuff like that. Uh, when it comes to people lashing out, we tend to reciprocate the energy that we've been given. I'm not talking like Erica Badu energy. I'm just talking about, you know, the attitudes and behaviors that we've exhibited towards people. We tend to reciprocate it because we almost see them as normal. So they, it's, it's almost like they go to a part of our brain that we consider to be normal behavior and i feel like especially being an adult because you said this earlier in the podcast they see is that um you know emotional intelligence becomes more significant or required obviously as an adult and it's like when you become an adult and you're meeting new people whether whether it be a new friend a new colleague um uh, a new relationship that you're exploring what you have there is a clash of quote-unquote normals everything i do everything i've done up until this point is normal to me everything mm-hmm. you've done up to this point is normal to you and when there's a and when a clash comes um comes up sometimes we don't know how to solve it because almost almost our immediate response is oh you're not acting right if that makes sense like mm-hmm. I should be doing this type thing mm-hmm. but then i feel yeah i feel like emotionally intelligent people need to be those leaders and tell people put an arm around someone and just be like it could be this or have you considered this or maybe this was the case and stuff like that. I feel like, yeah, those people are needed. So like, you know, Stacey, when you, when, earlier when you spoke about, um, you kind of you kind of let people be who they're going to be type thing. And I said, is there anyone that you would speak up for? Um, I said that because like, for example, the people in my life, because um, I don't have a lot of people that I would, I would consider in close proximity to me, um, I would like people to speak up when I'm moving mad, you know what I mean? Because obviously when you're moving mad, you don't you don't always know that you're moving mad. I would love people to speak up. Like, um, this this is definitely not a knock on you, Stacey, at all. Just, just a thought. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I definitely want people to just be like, um, to not to almost not, not let you do your own thing. Because I've, I've noticed that 
you know, especially in this Western world, we, we, we're extremely individualistic. We're extremely fragmented. When, to, when you talk about it, it takes a village to raise a family nowadays, it's like, what village? Where's the village? Who are the village? Do you know what I mean? Um, everyone is doing their own thing and being like, all right, cool, yeah, I'll let you do your own thing type thing. Um, but I thought, yeah, we're social creatures. We, we need each other. We need, we need um, the people who are ahead of us to, to step um, to, to talk to people who are maybe just below, um, just behind, if that makes sense. Um, and that's something that I battled with myself, like being married now, I almost don't want to talk to single people about relationships because I feel like I could easily be ejected from the conversation. Like one, yeah, it's easy for you to say, or two, oh, you're not in the game anymore. So we don't really like, do you know what I mean? So because of that type of thing, whatever the reason may be for different people, you almost feel like you don't want to involve yourself it's like oh yeah they'll learn or um or i don't want to put my two pence in or who am i do you know what i mean i have my faults it's like i feel like we we need each other in them type of realms but it's so nuanced that it just becomes very um very case by case if that makes sense like yeah. the way that stacy you would handle me i don't expect you to handle david the same way and vice versa if that makes sense but yeah mm-hmm Mm-hmm. You can do the same. There's no problem. You can do the oh, same. Oh no, there is, there is, there is. Oh, don't treat me like you treat anyone else. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like on the, on the topic. Pardon, David. What are your David. topics? You ain't said anything in a minute. So you've been Bro. quiet for a while. You know, you guys have been covering it all. I think I'm good to be very honest with y'all. I mean, y'all, y'all. Best, I, I will say just. um as you were talking, Stacey, and even you, Brother Phil, it just got me thinking, like, the way I am, I, I, you know, I have this saying where basically I try and use my words as a shield instead of a sword. Um, so when I'm, in a, when I'm in a situation where someone is showing a lack of emotional intelligence, I find myself doing just almost double the work right because first i'm like okay what's the right way to go about this and then it's what's the right way to tell this person what's the right way to go about this and like you have to you have to be snapped because when someone's kind of going off or spazzing out they're acting impulsively they're not you know using their emotional intelligence and you have to be in that situation and be able to like look at the situation, but then also look at how to relay the situation to them in that moment. And I think it, it's something that I've, I've always kind of struggled with, like, and, and it gives me, it makes me anxious when I'm in scenarios or situations where I'm with someone who might go off. Cause I'm then thinking, okay, if something goes off, how do I, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I simmer down situations similar to you for, I've, I've kind of always been like the peacekeeper the do you know what I mean calm situation down make sure there's no hype there's no hype not to say that I've been near much hype in my life I'm not trying to give off that image but um what I'm saying is that I'm 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 usually the um I'm, I'm I, I try as much as possible I try to be the calm one in this situation and um you know the the, the main aspects for me again when it comes to emotional intelligence is I, I consider myself a compassionate person. I try to be a compassionate person. I, I, I intentionally want to be a compassionate person. You are. Thank you, Stacey. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I feel like just um, my, my natural state of compassion for people is what kind of 
moves me up the emotional intelligence scale more than, you know, because I haven't necessarily read every book or listened to the TED Talks, but at least I know that that's I... That's a blessing, by the way. <laughs> that's a bloody right. blessing. Uh, and that's yeah. one thing that I've always wanted to, like, make mm. very clear about you as a person. You are naturally kind. You are naturally compassionate. Compassionate, sorry. You're naturally, naturally empathetic. You just get human beings really well and that's why i think you're such a good writer as well phil as well in that too you guys get people very well and i love that it's in two different ways because when you write i see the two different ways you guys get people and it's so beautiful to see it come to life as well in like the different characters that you guys write and the stories you guys tell because you guys tell stories about humans in like I keep saying humans like it's like aliens, but like you tell stories about us in such like it's like simple but also so profound in the little things they do. And I'm all about the detail. I like I always say like my favorite things to read are the scenes where no one is speaking. That if you give me like a script of like no one speaking but just like direction, I'm like ah. Feed me. You don't it have to busy. speak. Apparently, the industry hates those type of scenes. <laughs> it makes sense. No, it makes sense. It uh, makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. Those, those are the I love, and I love that you guys both naturally have the, like these abilities to be able to like help the world through your gifts, like help tell stories through these natural abilities that you have. And yeah, just. Thank you guys for just being who you are, man. Like, no, thank you, thank you. That was another great. Pleasant. Thank you so much, Stacey. Stacey, you are amazing. You are the air I breathe, and I'm going to stop talking now because that was a lot, and I <laughs> we appreciate that. Can I can I say as well, like, oh. isn't it crazy how the Bible teaches about emotional intelligence all up and through that book? Hundred percent. Jesus. Yeah. Literally. It's the most emotionally intelligent person I have bloody read about. Like, well. whenever, whenever I read it, like I'm in the New Testament, I'm like, yes, of course, like, of course. <laughs> well, duh. And I'm like asking all these questions and I'm like, that's the right thing to do because, you know, he's emotionally intelligent enough to understand people. No, it's, it's, ah! It almost makes me sad in the fact that Christianity is being used for so many atrocities around the world. It's like, what book were you man reading? Fem? Fem? Like, if, if we could... Bro, if we could sum up emotional intelligence, like, an emotional intelligent person has grace towards other people. That's literally all you guys have been testifying throughout this podcast. Like, it's just grace. It's understanding human beings to the point where you have grace for their flaws. Yeah. I'll say two things for that. Like, one, Pastor Carl Lentz, say what you want to say about him. He had his transgressions recently. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but we won't get into that. He said one, he, he had one, he had one word um, a couple of years ago about preconceived racism. So like, you know, you have preconceived racism. This is preconceived racism. Basically, I've made, <laughs> I've made the decision before anything has happened that I'm going to show you grace regardless. You see what I'm that's saying? Beautiful. And that's that's a tough thing to do because we like to almost um we like to almost weigh people's actions up and then go, all right, this is the amount, this is the amount of grace I'm willing to give. But it's like, nah, before anything has happened, 
I've already shown you grace. And I feel like mm-hmm. not enough people do that. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. we, I'm, like, I'm not trying to say don't be offended by, by anything anyone does, but it's mm-hmm. almost like sometimes we don't give people enough grace to go, hold on, were they trying to offend me here? Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. the second I've taken on. The second thing is a quote by Victor E. Frankel. And, and I'd say, I, I've kind of summarized this up into a phrase um, that goes, act on what you feel, I'm sorry, acknowledge how you feel, act on what you know. But then I guess, mm-hmm. I think this, this quotation probably expands on that a bit more and makes it a bit more, um, I don't know, less cutthroat. Um, so he goes, between stimulus and response, so stimulus being the, um, the cause of transgression or um, the, the moment that evoked an, an emotion. So between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space lies our freedom and power to choose our response. In our response lies growth and freedom. So basically, it's basically trying to say you always have a choice. That like is always a moment in which you have a choice to respond, like in, in, in a way in which you respond. Well, you know, sometimes people who may be lacking in emotional intelligence don't acknowledge the fact that they have a power in those moments. Someone steps on your trainers in public and you just got them white air forces. You have power <laughs> in that moment. You don't have to respond straight away. Emotional intelligence that 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 space between stimulus and response and then going, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. If you now decide to while out um after acknowledging that space, then it's like, all right, cool. I can't say you're not emotionally intelligent. I just think that was a bad choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are my, my, my two pence on there. That's good. That's so good. That's a lot of money. Literally. Literally. And I'd like to, like, low-key bring this to a close. Well, high-key bring this to a close because we've been speaking for a minute, guys. <laughs> but it's been a lovely conversation. And, like, following off what you said, Phil, like, emotional intelligence is powerful. Like, being emotional intelligent gives you power to control yourself, power to make decisions for yourself and take back the power that anyone has over you. I think the power in understanding your emotions can definitely change your life and helps you take accountability, which then helps you build relationships, helps you communicate better. Just powerful, just powerful in general. So thank you for sharing that, Phil. I think that was, yeah, I needed that. Detrimental sort of conversation. I love it. David, what about, what's, what's your take? Oh, uh, you know, I, I was cool with the high key to finish your words, to close enough and all of that stuff. But that, that was a really great quote that you shared though, Phil. Honestly, that was, that was a dope quote. Um, always consider the space. Use the space is what I say. Use the space. <laughs> <laughs> love that, love that, love Performance. So, yes. <laughs> So guys, no, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been so amazing. So, so amazing. And I don't know if you guys want to say anything before we end this, but I'm looking forward to the next podcast. I'm looking forward to the next recording. Um, You know, um, subscribe to Room 113 for more content. We're about to start putting out a lot of content, a lot of different areas. Um, Yeah, if you care about educating, if you care about elevating, and if you care about the third E, which is David. Um, David. Entertaining. 
entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't forget about that one. Um, if you care about any of those things, yeah, subscribe to Room 113 on all platforms. Um, and yeah, everyone, have a great week. And God bless you. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back next week. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.